welcome to Minefields. Mr. Tony Morales, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain about yourself. Doing great, man. Uh, freaking... We had a limit-pushing day. The limit was pushed. Yeah. Uh, we got to hit some shops. Got to freaking grab some comic books. Freaking, uh... Did the annual freaking gift exchange get over at, a uh, Los Chili's? Good old Minefields, you know, Minefields headquarters. Minefields headquarters? Yes, sir. We, we upgraded. We went from Alphabies to uh, Chili's, but, uh, it was, it was a good lunch, man. We, we got to chill out. We got to reflect on the year like we usually do. Uh, Minefielders, uh, Tony and I are coming up on our third year of, uh, being, uh, pals and fucking one. Damn. I didn't even think about it. One. Boiler friendly, guys. So we run. I say that, but I'm just raking it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, so much so, I don't know if I want to do a freaking bet again, because I'm just going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the bet's just for uh, AEW pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, yeah, we had some... Uh, it was great seeing old Uncle Ed. Uh, yeah, you got me the last run, man. I, 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 it's already on the wall. Like, I appreciate nice, that. It nice. was awesome, man. I, like, thank you very much. And uh, It was good to just go out. Like, I found out about my bonus today, and so went and... Went on the hunt. Took the whole day off, and... It was a good lunch, yeah. man. Yeah, it was, man. It was freaking. It was good stuff. Freaking, I had the day off anyway because you know, hey, freaking, still waiting to get my leg repaired. So you ain't going nowhere. Uh, new uh, for you, minefielders that might have missed out. New era. Last weekend was uh, the boss. It was production ran flawlessly. A uh, couple little hiccups in terms of. Um, there was a dislocated finger, not broken, and a slight meniscus uh, snafu, uh, but nothing we can't deal with, and we're still looking for a new venue, and you were greatly missed. I appreciate it, man. Really good time. Freaking what I heard the show went, you know, pretty awesome. Freaking good crowd. Freaking made some, uh, got some donations for the toys for tots. That was a success all around, except for... You know, the injuries, obviously, you know, it's never, never good. But, you know, hopefully everyone will be up and around as quickly as possible and, you know, things will be good to go from there. I agree, man. Uh, what do you want to get straight into? Do uh, you want to do uh, Cavill and Gun or do you want to do Dynamite? No, let's do a go with Cavill and Gun. Cool. you want to. Lay that down for the uh, the viewing audience. Uh, we found out tonight that, uh, unfortunately, creative has gone a different way when it comes to who is cast as Superman and our long-beloved for at least 10 years. Uh, Henry Cavill is gone, despite the fact that he was just reintroduced at the, uh, you know, the post-credit scene or mid-credit scene of uh, Black Adam. I got really chafed at first, and... Uh, we talked a little about this, man, but uh, coming from a wrestling point of view or just a writing point of view, um, do we trust Gunn? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, kind of a two minds of the situation. 
Because, you know, first of all, you know, freaking, he's in a new position. They trusted him with this position. And, you know, we haven't, we have yet to see one movie under his new regime. So, I mean, you know, he's got, you know, there's no real, we got no reason to not trust him. Freaking, we've got, you know, you know, he and Pater Saffron just took over months ago. You know, they've already, you know, freaking, according to what we know, they've officially canceled, you know, stopped using Cavill as Superman. They've already at least freaking decided they didn't want to use a script for Wonder Woman, nor using Patty Jenkins as the director. But, I mean, I, can, I personally, I'm of the mind, like, people were going to complain about it anyway. Because freaking, for the last, you know, 10 plus years... People have been complaining about, you know, the DC, you know, movies anyway. They're, oh, they're not Marvel. You know, I didn't like this movie. I didn't like that movie. You know, and they've they've had some, they've, you know, they've been on the comeback for a little bit, per, in my opinion, you know. For Aquaman was good. The first Wonder Woman was good. Second Suicide Squad movie was good. Now, I personally love Shazam. I love Black Adam. Correct. You know, and freaking... But it's been, you know, a movie-by-movie movie thing, you know. They definitely made some huge errors in the beginning trying to be the MCU, trying to jump right to Justice League instead of introducing the Justice League to us beforehand was a monumental error. Batman v Superman was horrible because they spent more time trying to get us to watch the next movie and giving us Easter eggs for the next movie instead of giving us a compelling story that would make us want to come back and see another movie. Yeah, like, the, the one thing that really, like, chafed, chaffed me, whatever you want to call it, was hinting at Flashpoint. It was too soon. Flashpoint was barely, like, six years old by then. And, yeah. I, and I still think that, like, it was too early to do Doomsday. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when it comes down to it, man, uh, like I said earlier, um, James Gunn's never done me wrong, but the things that he's been in control of that did us right were things that m were a lark that people didn't think were going to succeed. And he had a lot of fun, uh, being whimsical when you're able to do whimsical, you're get there's, it's just you in the kitchen. And now he's him and Mr. Saffron in charge of everything. In charge of everything and, uh, from what I understand, that the people like uh, uh, I mentioned to my roommate, and he's like, "Oh, they they Cavill didn't want to play ball," and uh, uh, no, the the hint is that they just had already made up their mind and brought them in, and the uh, the very nice lady that was going to direct the next Wonder Woman movie didn't say like, "It's not that I they didn't like my script or I didn't want to change it or do what they wanted to do with it." They were they were just it was just hard no. It's just not where they wanted to go in the in that direction. And, um, okay, I get it. And, like I said earlier, when it comes to, like, how many people were so TO'd when it came to um, Dan Slott killing off Peter Parker for a little bit due to Superior Spider-Man, and uh, everyone's like, oh, hell no, freaking absolutely not, uh, you know, sending him death threats. And one guy on Reddit was like, yo, like this guy's the biggest Spider-Man Mark in the world, man. Like he's not, he's not going to do us wrong. And that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, but 
Slot was doing Spider-Man. Yeah. Gunn's done Slither. He, like, he's able to have a lot of fun with things that people, they didn't think they care about. Like, how many people, everyone on the planet knows that, you know, that watches superhero movies, who Starro is now. And if yeah. you had told them beforehand that this was the main bad guy, oh, this guy's effing up. <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. not. And, it, you know, it's misplaced trust. It's a lot of keyboard warriors. Uh, it's a new regime. And I say, get over it. And let's see what Gunn has to do and Mr. Saffron. But I certainly don't trust it. In the hands of, uh, like I said earlier, like if all of a sudden you went into a coma and uh, booking New Era was all of a sudden my responsibility, it would not work. Well, my sensibility to wrestling and what artwork is is not what other people think. And I still have trouble determining who Babyface and or who Heel is. And uh, my mind frame is completely different. You, you don't want me running New Era. <laughs> you, you, you don't. Yeah, and no, I got, I got you, man. Just freaking, it's. I mean, we're not gonna, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen until it happens. Until, you know, the first couple of movies come out under the new regime are gonna are, are what they're gonna be, you know, because you know, James Gunn's directed the Guardians of the Galaxies, which he made those characters into household names, and he created the suit and he uh, directed the Suicide Squad, the second one for DC. And that was great, but they were very similar in tone. You yeah, know, yeah you they're all similar in tone. It's, it's worlds different than doing a Wonder Woman movie or a Batman movie. You know, certain characters, you can get away with that same mentality. But, like, not it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's not Batman, not, Super, not, not the Trinity, not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You know, you need to freaking... You know, those need to be handled differently. And right. he may have the ability to do that. He may not. But, you know, we're not going to we're not going to know until we know. Agreed. You know, maybe he's got an entire maybe he's got a whole plan for Superman. Maybe he's got a whole three movie set up in his head that he wants to portray. And we just got to see what happens. I'm sure he does. Maybe he doesn't. And when, when it comes to regime change, like uh, any major regime changes that everyone freaked out about in terms of wrestling that ended up really working out like uh i remember when jeff jarrett and daisy screwed up impact they screwed uh billy corgan out of buying it i remember being really upset about that and thinking that impact was going to be garbage and and all of a sudden don Callis is running it who i had enough faith in because he's super close with you know the ocho and uh i i decided to just go with it yeah. And yeah, it was Don Callis and Scott D. Moore, who's freaking Scott D. Moore's been around forever. He's been around Impact forever. He knows the score. He knows when he wants. Freaking, you know, he's been able to make Impact definitely a very, you know, definitely an underrated show, but definitely Correct. a solid show. Solid every time. You know, a lot of people that have made, gone there have gone to bigger and better things since. Freaking, um, you know, that would definitely be. A good one. You know, they've been around for 20 freaking plus years at this point. You know, congratulations to them for that because they don't get the impact does not get the credit it deserves for fostering the talent it has over the decades and giving, you know, veterans a place to go 
obviously withstanding the Hogan Bischoff regime, which was complete and utter garbage. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. It you know, but um you know, drinking you know, that one was definitely probably the biggest one I can think of in my duration as a wrestling fan. I was I definitely grew up a big WWE fan and that regime oh, heck the regime currently. Actually, you know, freaking Vince McMahon finally retired earlier this year. You know, some some you know, he's still the majority stockholder, but freaking, you know, the uh you know, the shows have been far more watchable. Extremely since he left, since he stepped down. You know, which gives you gives you hope for you know, the future of the company, freaking they brought back, you know, we're going to, I'm still going to say it's going to be at least after mania before we really kind of see if the effects that this new regime have brought in are going to be long standing and they're actually going to work or not. It's certainly going to be but a, for right now. It's definitely better. Oh, I agree. It's certainly going to be a bookmark because there are certain uh, hallmarks of WWE that have been, long-standing true in 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 the ground if you are back at home let's say you're from san antonio like or just texas general like old mr ricky starks today uh and you're in wb wrestling there you're gonna lose we don't put over homegrown talent that's just that's that's just what happens if there's a spanish announcer table it's gonna get destroyed yeah it's gonna there's certain tropes here and um when it comes to uh, this particular quagmire that we're talking about, uh, I think things are going to work out. You're going to have some trust. You're going to have, uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but there's no guarantees in life other than death. And why would you deprive yourself of a good story because you're mad that James Gunn fire, fired uh, old Hank? Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, who knows if that's even, what if that's just something to bring up noise right now? Right. Who's to say it's not something to stir up? Oh, hey, we fired this guy. Oh, hey, we love him. Oh, you guys love him. Let's bring him back then. He's rehired. He's rehired just for the goodwill. Oh, it's part of the shoot job, brother. Yeah, don't worry about it. Right. Who's, I mean, who's to say that's not exactly what it is? Right. You know, because he definitely got a very positive reaction after coming back in Black Adam. And freaking, who is to say they're not trying to rebuild that a little bit? Like, hey, they like him. Let's fire him. Get a little bit of, you know, make us look like the bad guys. And then, oh, hey, you know, you guys love him so much. We bring him back. We're going to do Man of Steel 2. Freaking, we're having beat up Brainiac. Come on down. Because, I mean, legitimately, Superman movies have always, for, you know, since the movies in the 70s have been, you know, they haven't been the best received. Yeah, after two, it's been pretty bad. Yeah, and I mean, freaking, you know, who's to say that that's this isn't part of their scheme to get people to be like, oh, hey, this guy, you know, we love this guy. He's our Superman, so let's freaking, we got to go see the movie. We got to go support our guy, brother. You know, we you know we talked about that with the, uh, you know, back in the day with the Rock movies. We all, wrestling fans, we had to go support the Rock because he was our guy. If he, he was made our it, guy. It was kind of a win. Even if you weren't a rock fan, you went to go support the rock. He was in a big yeah. major motion picture. We're like we were all there opening night. We were all yeah. there opening night. Freaking uh Scorpion King uh 
it was it wasn't even the Scorpion King. It was uh, Mummy Returns. Uh, we snuck yeah, in my in uh, uh, one of my mercies that you so gleefully like giving me crap for. Um, it perfectly fit two it's a of the, man purse. Two of those of two of those giant uh, WWE um, you know insulated cups and like eight McDonald's burgers in the middle. Like in both. I was walking real slow that night into the into the theater, man. Like they were both filled with uh, rum, and uh, cherry coke and Midori, and we had like eight or nine like double cheeseburgers in the middle. So we we sat there like kings, and just to watch the the Rock be in the movie for like barely five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's some of the worst CGI we've ever seen. Yeah, some of the worst ever. Um, but we supported our boy, and um, we'll, I'm going to support And look James where he's Gunn. at now. What was that? <laughs> and look where he's at now. Yeah, one of the best. Highest yeah. paid Hollywood actor in quite a few years, and uh, just uh, no guarantees in life. Uh, yeah. I mean, he may be, James Gunn may be just a guy to put everything in order. I mean, he's a, if nothing else, hopefully he's at least got his ideas of what he wants to do. Now, you know, with any luck, we'll get those, you know, revealed in the next couple of weeks and go from there. But you know, if not, then make it work. We'll make it work. We still get to see a DC movie. At least it still exists. And uh, no. the last point I have personally, uh, if you have something else awesome um, to bring home, is a lot of people didn't trust Robin Williams to do serious dramatic work. Yeah, he was Mork, Nano Nano. Like, like, are you gonna trust him to do what dreams may come? If that I was him did Pilot Society, that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was gnarly. People didn't trust him to be in that movie because he was the silly guy. Uh, yeah, like, hopefully he comes with a remote control to turn on the volume and like, slow down the the pace. Mm-hmm. And but it worked. So who knows? Uh, point being. Quit whining about it. It sucks. Yeah. It's not like Hank Cavill is like freaking uh, uh, not going to be able to pay, pay his bills this month <laughs> and uh, and uh, not get his you know his family Christmas presents. He's fine. He'll find something great. Like he went on to The Witcher. People love him more than that. Yeah. We get a new Superman. Okay, fine. Let's see where it goes. If it doesn't work, they're going to cancel it. DC's like one of the things I love about DC is. When it's not working cinematically, they chop its head off. Yeah. Fast. Old Jim Lee. So see where it goes. Yep. Uh, Dynamite. How you feeling, man? Like uh, one of the things uh, really like stood out like a exclamation point uh, on our. God, we were cruising around for like four hours today, weren't we? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like four hours because I dropped. I picked you up at. Like one forty five and it dropped off at like freaking like six thirty or five thirty. Five thirty, yeah. Yeah, and um uh, give us the details on the uh what you know or what we all uh the internet knows about what's going on with Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, man. They're supposed to announce their T V deal. They ended up announcing that uh you know, they're not they don't have a TV deal yet, but they're gonna be going on Honor Club. Uh, for $9.99 a month, you get all the old school Ring of Honor shows, as well as getting a new weekly show 
with Ring of with Ring of Honor talent. And uh, you know, it's kind of where they're at right now. How would you book a? Uh, uh, one of your biggest points was like you want you want a solid roster. But how would you if you had a, if you had said solid roster? How would you book the TV show? Even if it's on Honor Club, and we've had this discussion before, like you know, like people are like oh, uh, the promo I did was it like was it longer than it should be? I'm like, dude, we've got infinite canvas for on YouTube. <laughs> like it's not like we're we're not we're not burning freaking you know eight millimeter film that costs like hundred dollars a roll. Um, pretty much infinite canvas unless we fill up a HD drive. Um, no. How long would a uh, couple questions? Who would okay. you who would you book for Ring of Honor as top stars? Uh, how would you, how long would you want the show to go on weekly? And any other things that you would like to happen that never happened to Ring of Honor or, or continue that we haven't seen since Ring of Honor has been effectively defunct since uh, the beginning of COVID? Well, I mean, there's definitely, let me see. I would, I would with an internet show, I wouldn't go any longer than an hour. Two hours would be cool, but if two hours, like two hours, you have a full blown roster. You've got really full blown storylines. Like you're going, you're you're trying to get ratings. So for an internet show, I'd keep it down to an hour. You know, the big thing about you know with Ring of Honor that they desperately need a they need to give you a freaking they need to announce what their roster is, and that roster needs to be completely separate from AEW. Like. They're not working both shows. No. There's definitely an appeal to doing that because you can have you can kind of do cross promotion, and that's definitely something you want to do. But at the same time, if you're working both shows, freaking, if I can see you on one, why would I watch the other? Right. Which one's more important? Especially we've got. I mean, as true blue wrestling fans, our time is precious. You've got wife, kid. Shoot job. I've got a ton mm-hmm. of art projects I'm always working on. I don't like if if I'm able to make the time other than what I standard watch as AEW to watch your show. You better make it worth my while. Yeah. Like the biggest thing you need that you need you need a set time that it comes out every week. That way people can get used to the putting that into their into watching it. Right. Like if I can just watch it anytime. Um, if I don't watch it, I don't freaking watch it. No big deal. Like it's basic. You want to. You don't want it to be another dark. You don't want it to be dark elevation. Because then it's just like, oh, if I if I don't catch it, I don't catch it. And that's really where the freaking differentiating the roster is going to be. You know, because my favorite wrestler is Samoa Joe, and I turn freaking Samoa Joe is only going to be available on Ring of Honor. Then. I need to be. I, I have to make the time to watch Ring of Honor. Right, but if he's, you know, destroying it. But if, on he, yeah, Rampage, if he's avail- if he's available on Rampage or if he's available on Dynamite, then if I miss him a week, cool, whatever. I'll just catch him next time he's on Dynamite. Yeah, because that's the one that matters, right? Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, they definitely. I definitely. You know, one of the big things, too, you need to worry about is you need to worry about making sure that Ring of Honor is not a demotion. Oh, that's a Because great it doesn't point. have a TV deal. That's a great point. It needs to be you know, something cherished can, and honored. Yeah. 
Like there needs to be some legit freaking main event. Like there needs to be some stars on there. Like AEW needs to lose some talent to Ring of Honor. Like whether that's the Jericho Appreciation Society or whether that's a John Moxley, like Claudio Castagnoli's going. He's the Ring of Honor world champion. Gotcha. Makes sense. But I need to know that I like freaking some you need to throw some heavy hitters on there. I need to see a John Moxley or a Brian Danielson or an Adam Cole. You know, maybe if Adam Cole's still injured, maybe have him do commentary. That way he's he's still involved in the show. Yeah, you can't you can't take someone out of their element that fast. That's that's not right. Despite yeah. some, despite I mean, the fact that they've got they've got an amazing commentary team and Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman. I love those guys. You know, but there's stuff you know, there's stuff you could do. You know, there's uh other stars that aren't being used right now that you could throw in a a, a ring of a team ring of honor like Miro. Miro would go from not being able to get a storyline in AEW to freaking being a world title contender in Ring of Honor if you put the time and effort into it. You know, same thing with like a House of Black. If you want a House of Black in there. You know, that's one of cause one of the big problems I I've had routinely with Ring of Honor or AEW is that there's the uh the comedy and then following it straight up within a a wrestling wrestling match where they're exchanging holds and going 15 minutes that's it's too much of a too much of a differentiation for me so like if you took out a lot of the wrestlers and put them on their show and then it was a, more of a wrestling show right i i could see that working but then again i could also see that taking away from you know dynamite because now you're you're you know, you've got your young bucks and you've got your orange Cassidy and you've got your Dan Housens and your best friends and those kind of guys. And then there's no, there's nobody to counteract that, or at least there'd be less people to counteract that with actual wrestling, like right. Traditional wrestling would be the term that would probably work best in that Avenue. You know, and the other thing you do need is, you know, we've talked about off screen was you need a superstar. Oh, 100%. You know, you need a guy that's going to, a guy that's going to put butts in the seats and freaking, um, you know, with everything going on right now, if they're able to make it work, there ain't nobody better than CM Punk to lead Team Ring of Honor. Go with that. that that's awesome. I mean, freaking, you know, if there, you know, there's issues with Young Bucks and Omega. And, you know, I, you know, in my mind, obviously, you'd keep the Young Bucks and Omega on Team AEW. And freaking if, you know, Ring of Honor says they, you know, if they have their own um, touring schedule, if they're able to do it on their own. Like it's like a, you know, Team A and Team B, you know, then if, you know, you're able to smooth, if they're able to smooth things over with Punk and, you know, heck, it's wrestling. So they might be able to, no problem. You know, they may or may not. You know, if they are able to do that, freaking you put Punk. Punk is basically your undertaker when they did the draft, the original freaking draft on you know, Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. where you had Triple H and all you know, a lot of the stars on Raw, but you had the undertaker as the freaking anchor of SmackDown, and he never left. You could put CM Punk in that same position 
where he's kind of the guy. He's not necessarily always going for the belt, but he's like the legend that comes out there and just, you know, puts people in their place, basically. So you want to make sure, and I do too as well, uh, I doubt you'll disagree with me, that Ring of Honor needs to absolutely matter again and not be second fiddle to... It can't be... There's no way that anyone can try to watch or watch Ring of Honor and then feel like it's just not as good as Dynamite or uh, these guys just aren't good enough to be on, you know, even Dark. Um, It's got to have a solid, you know, roster. It's got set time this happens. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I really think that they need... Another huge huge thing it needs is is it needs its own creative direction. Oh, yeah. Like, it can... It cannot be booked by Tony Khan. No. Like, and that's that's absolutely no offense to Tony Khan. Right. But like, it needs to have its own distinct feel. You. And he's got so much going on with all freaking stuff already. He needs to be able to give that direction to somebody that has, so a guy that has the experience to do that properly to build stars where they could freaking. Be, you know, Ring of Honor, because that was Ring of Honor's strength. Is every time it got it lost guys to a WWE, or if it lost guys to a you know a TNA or an Impact, they there was always more stars on the up that they could filter into those positions. Good point. You know, and that's something that they need to have. You know, whether you know they go back and hire a former Booker of Ring of Honor like Delirious, or whether they had, you know, my mind originally when we had our our little draft earlier this year, which, you know, when you were booking AEW and I was going to book ring of honor, Yeah, you know, my, in my mind, the GM would have been, or the, the head booker would have been a William Regal, Oof. you know, but, uh, you know, somebody of that nature that could really, you know, maybe somebody like a, I don't know, maybe like a Jerry Lynn since he's freaking, you know, retired. I don't know if he'd be interested in the position or if he's somebody that would, you know, maybe somebody like a Dutch mentel, you gotta have your old school guy. You gotta have your yeah. old school guy to make sure that if if you're not offending his sensibilities, and you're still putting butts in seats, you got a healthy equation there, friend. Uh, Heck, let's have some fun with it. Why not a Jim Cornette? Oh my God, that'd be fun. Boom. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean Jim Cornette would be. Let's. I mean, let's go there. Oh, he wow. was a freaking. He was a Booker. That's right there. Mm-hmm. No, not that one. The other one, I think. Yeah, take that. But yeah, hire, have some fun with it, man. Hire Jim Cornette. You know, he's going to be Mr. Anti-AW anyway. Oh, 100%. Let's see, let's see what he could do with it. Give us a totally different feel for it. I, I say this still goes... See what he would do with that kind of roster. I'd love to see what he'd do with it, man. Like, uh... It wouldn't be bad. It would definitely not have. I mean, like, it wouldn't be AEW though. That's the biggest thing. It wouldn't, and that's the best part about it. (laughs) And uh, I want to harken. I've mentioned this. And sorry if I, you know, uh, if you minefielders listen for a really long time, I bring it up a lot of times. uh, The Reservoir Dogs equation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've never talked like we we we've talked about how like you know Mr. White's you know Mr. White Mr. Pink the professionals. Uh, Mr. Brown's the guaranteed get you out of danger getaway driver. You've got the older gentleman sensibility of Mr. Blue, 
Um, that guy had actually gotten out of jail a couple of years earlier. The guy that played Mr. Blue um, wrote a book. Oh, okay. and, yeah, like like he was booked specifically for that in the movie. But we've never talked about uh, the guy that organized the whole caper. Yeah. And it would have worked if, you know, he hadn't have, uh, betrayed his his instincts. We hear all the time, Cornette. I never would have done it this way. I never would have done it this way. This is BS. Like, blah, blah, blah. And um, in Reservoir Dogs, he betrayed his own sensibilities and hired the new guy that happened to be the rat. And the, I think it's a perfect analogy because uh, the guy that... Uh... Yeah, looking on the DC Connect real quick. Freaking, they got to finally have an advertisement for Swamp Thing Green Hell 2. Beautiful. Beautiful. But unless you think, uh, kind of never never gave up his dis or his, uh, yes, never gave up his disabilities. <laughs> right? No, uh, the, the guy that uh, <laughs> Lawrence Journey, the guy that plays uh, the guy that organized the whole caper, uh, mm-hmm. that guy was blacklisted in Hollywood back in the sixties. How many times yeah. has Jim Cornette been blacklisted? <laughs> Yeah, that is blacklist as somebody else. Either way. Right. But they hired the old grizzled vet to organize the whole gimmick. And um mm-hmm. it's a very special movie. Like like that like uh they've coined the phrase ultraviolence in regards yeah. in relation to Tarantino movies. But if you actually go and watch any Tarantino movie other than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there's very little over the top violence. Like they they show Kill Bill. what? Kill Bill. Uh, Kill Bill. That, a lot of violence. That's yeah. different. That's different. I'm talking old school when they first. You said Tarantino movie. No, I said, said old. Tar- oh, I meant to say old school Tarantino. Um, I'm twenty years old at this point. Oh, freaking Reservoir Dogs is almost thirty, man. Uh, we're, know, two, we're, we're two years away from Pulp Fiction being 30 and well, actually we are 30 years with Reservoir Dogs but uh, there's very little actual violence that they showed but what, yeah. they, what they did show it was intense and uh, but, but that's not anything or another um, it was very specific and very 100% Tarantino and something that was written by a, a, a cinema mark a cinemaphile and gotcha. if and Cornette is a wrestling file. He's not going to let anything get past his radar that he thinks is BS or betrays old school, you know, kayfabe in any way whatsoever. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Kill Bill came out in 2003, so 20 years next year. Yep. Where's my dog? Was, where's my phone? Dang. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the thing, man. You just need to, You've got to give the fans a reason to watch. You've got to give them freaking something different than what they already ha- have access to. And you've got to give them stars that they want to see. Plus, like I said, if you've got CM Punk and Samoa Joe in the same fed, they had those trilogy they had that trilogy of matches forever and a day ago that were epic. And freaking while well, you don't you don't think they might not be able to do it again, you know, there's still that thought process of like, ah. Oh, if they get if they get in the ring, you know it'll it might still be freaking stupendous. Oh, I agree. 
friggin', I remember the card for Supercard of Honor in New Orleans, man. We, the kingdom were on fire. Punishment. Yeah. Oh, they're there too. At least two of them. Three of them if you got Maria. Punishment Rodriguez was just a tank. Um, the Punishment Martinez. Uh, Punishment Gonzalez? Punishment Ortega. And this is why they took away your brown card. <laughs> uh, this is why you're not allowed on Hispanic Twitter anymore. <laughs> uh, Timeout or- Ortega. About to, I'm about to just hang up on this whole conversation. <laughs> No, just 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 look at his face, my villers. It's just it's just it's just like he he's used to that double ply lotioned. I'm just used to this disappointment. God, no. it's really, what it is? <laughs> Punishment, Rodriguez. Jesus. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on, abuela? Not friendly tirade. You know what? I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a one on that. I'm on three. I'm at four. No. You, you, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the five. Just for uh, slipping up old uh, uh, Manuel Guadalupe de Punishmento. And this we're canceled. Against you cool. <laughs> and we're canceled. Yeah, pretty much. You can't tell your Martinez is from your Rodriguez's. <laughs> I've had some anti-Abuela uh, elixir tonight, so you're going to forgive me. Or, or uh, a boyle just went to bed elixir, and we're hoping she didn't notice her uh, sherry cooking wine is a little bit lighter tomorrow. I know we're having all my rum. Ah, you just disappeared, man. Which is funny, because I'll let you come over for five minutes, and all of a sudden I get no <laughs> rum in the house. I just need some uh, paper towels, brother. Just got a Windex the inside because I vape too much, and your rum's gone. Kind of funny how that works. Uh, I, I I dig I dig your uh, points of view on that. The uh, the one thing I want I want to spend my money in wrestling. Yeah, no, you should. <laughs> I want to spend my freaking money on wrestling, but then I remember when I got Impact subscription, uh, most of it I could have found online on YouTube. It wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. There was like five months I forgot I was getting charged by Impact and. I could have just watched uh, Charged when I was in the Recommend Pro uh, for free on their website. I had no idea. Um, Freaking, but Honor Club, like, I want to spend my money on good things. Like, um, freaking, we need to get New Japan back again. Rattled it off yeah. as a business expense. And if if they give us bang for our buck, like, it, it, my manager at work always says, they're calling in for a reason. They want this. If they didn't yeah. want it, they wouldn't be calling. And yeah. uh, luckily, I don't work a commission job, so I'm able to tell them the pitfalls. With uh, you don't want this, I flat out told you, you don't. You don't want. You don't want this. Why don't mm-hmm. I want this? Even though, and I'll tell them. And uh, that's being viewed as taking care of the customer. Yeah. You tell me we're gonna have a new honor club again because I was honor club subscriber for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And 
COVID killed that. It was one of the biggest pains uh, of COVID. And you're telling me we're gonna have I'm gonna be able to have a subscription service because I'm talking because uh, we're we're up in minefields in astronomical ways at the beginning of the new year. Um, but you you can't tell me that while we're you know on a treadmill or whatever and watching Ring Honor, I want to do that. <laughs> like no. give give me make it worth my while like i'm prepared to give you my money yeah well that's the thing too i mean like it just needs to like they need to figure it out we need to we need to know freaking when the start date is when like we got the price we know what the, we know what we got to do we sign up through ringofhonor.com rohwrestling.com what freaking like you need to you need to give us a reason to buy right like yeah, like I said, a rod. You need your own roster. You need freaking, you know, a different Booker. You need there's a few, there's a bunch of stuff you need to give us first. Give us a date of when it's going to start. It's going to start at the new year. Give us. Some Is it going to start dates. in February? Yeah. Will yeah. Will it be touring? Will it be its own individual thing? You know, or is it just going to be something where you're freaking. Your audience is you know watching Dynamite. Then you got to watch Rampage. And you get a, you know, they're going to sprinkle in some freaking matches for dark. And then you turn around and on top of that, you say another hour for Ring of Honor. Like, cause that audience is going to get burned out. Like, that's just not, that's not feasible. They're not going to put up with it, especially when there's yeah. better product. Yeah. And that, well, it's not even the better product. It's the fact that we don't know what the product is yet. Like they, like I said, they've, They've announced their roster page. They got a roster page on ringofhonor.com now. But it's freaking, it's either people that have held, uh, that are currently holding titles, or the people they just beat for the titles at the last pay per view. There's so many, there's so many possibilities, man. Like, I remember when we were cruising around uh, a couple weeks ago to get, uh, get the, the right idea, go over raising canes, and then we hit that little mini Comic Con. But we were talking about, uh, Weird Al Yankovic and how he had his fan club. Mm-hmm. He made it worth their while. Yeah. And he made it worth their while, 100%. At early entrance, VIP, like all this other good stuff, man. Like, even if like they, they didn't give us much, like we, we sign up for Honor Club, and uh, but we also get access to the Impact app. And we also get... Um, can you imagine if like... Because Ticketmaster's in trouble right now, by the way, if you haven't read the news. Um, but um, I haven't heard now. Ticketmaster handles... I, can't, I, I have not met any person that's in AEW that has tried to get tickets off, like, got off of work, used their PTO, and I've done this myself, to try to get tickets. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're in a queue, okay, I understand, and all of a sudden, like, it, it's a minute later, and poof, they're all magically gone. Uh, give us the early access. Give me something. To, give me my Ring of Honor membership card. I will happily yeah. put that in my wallet. <laughs> I mean, that's just a couple things: a membership card, a T-shirt, freaking early access, freaking uh, members exclusive, freaking things like meet and greets and whatnot online. Right. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you you know you can offer. But you just got to, like I said, make it worth their while. Make people want to be a part of this. Wrestling fans are just like comic fans, man. 
we we save money for this. Like like yeah. I I bought three different covers of or, or issues of uh, Spawn and Batman today. Did yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Did I need to be coaxed into that? I showed up with money, wanting to spend that, and I saw them. And I'm like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. One story, uh, three covers, and there's another. Um, uh, there's one cover I didn't get. That's in a. I've got all the Capullo McFarlane covers, but um, I don't have a. There's a strictly McFarlane one that I didn't see, so I gotta find that one. Did nice, um, nice. Did Uncle Todd have to give me? Um, the shield versus I don't know anyone else that was against the shield that everyone liked. Freaking no, I was already invested. Yeah, already invested. I didn't think twice. That is true. Yeah, they, I bought some essentially older comics. They only bought like three or four current comics. I think everything else I got was freaking old school. Yeah, it was a light week this week. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so minefielders, freaking believe in the people that you believe in. Take a chance and uh, ring of honor. You better be good because you've got high standards that we expect. And if you don't yeah. meet it, there's gonna be a problem. We're we're not yeah, the key. I guess that you either either you either meet the qualifications or you don't. But freaking. You know, there's that whole self-fulfilling prophecy nonsense where you can't. You're gonna be like, "Oh, hey, it was never worth it anyway." Right. But you never, you never tried to make it worth it. Like you gotta freaking, you gotta put time and effort into it. You gotta, you know. I don't think this is an important. Like, it's obvious this wasn't their first choice. Like they obviously wanted a TV deal. But you know, sometimes you're just, you know, you gotta play the cards you're dealt. If I, you know, this is what we're doing, so we have to make it the best it's gonna be. I agree. And if I have to spend ten dollars a month to get quality wrestling on demand, like uh, like I, I was telling you earlier when we were cruising around in the hunt, uh, freaking, uh, I I was a proud Honor Club subscriber, so I mm-hmm. I I had a set regimen, uh, freaking Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night SmackDown, uh, I'd watch whatever I could remote bullet club on or or anything new japan on friday when i woke up hungover on saturday i made myself some coffee and watched ring of honor like that that was one of the best parts to start my day on a freaking saturday man and mm-hmm. uh you've got a built-in audience work yeah. with us that, that's the thing you, you're gonna have your diehards and your friend is gonna you know it's gonna be hard to grow that audience for a while but you got to at least give them the opportunity to want to grow. Like people, it's going to be a lot of word of mouth. It's going to be a lot of freaking, a lot of your diehard fans are just going to be like, okay, I'm going to pay. Let's just, you know, give it a shot. But you got to make them, you got to make them want to. Correct. Because they can always just turn around and drop that. And then, you know, you're out $10 per person. But you know, if you get 100,000 people that freaking decide they don't want to watch your product, and then freaking that's that adds up to a substantial chunk of change. I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, yesterday I saw that AEW started. Uh, oh, Winter's Coming was so packed that they started selling limited viewing seating tickets, which meant they were they decided you, like you know when you go to a venue and you see certain parts like X'd out or there's a curtain over it or like yeah. a tarp over it. They it was so oversold that they started. Like they knew the demand was there, that they started selling discount tickets for limited viewing 
seats. So you were literally paying not for nosebleeds. Nosebleeds, you can see everything. But they were yeah. saying limited viewing seats. So you, you're you in a bad spot. You're basically behind the freaking, uh, you know, the backdrop and everything like that, or, or catty corner mm-hmm. to the side. Like, so if Shane decides he wants to go up, and well, not that he's in AEW, but you get what I'm saying, uh, to go to the side and do one of those, you know, giant, giant drops, you're going to have a great view of it, but that's not going to happen. That's few and yeah. far between. Like, if your product is so good, you're selling... You're literally telling them these seats are crap. But if you want to be there just to be there, we'll take your money. Happily. Yeah. <laughs> Happily. Um, yep. uh, take point in the hunt, man. Today was a great hunt day, man. Yeah, no, we were able to go. We didn't really hit what, uh, I think, four shops. We hit a beds first. Got got the regs. Freaking got a couple. I, I got it some Iron Man. Some, uh Astonishing X Men. I'm trying to finish off. Yep. That set. Couple a uh, couple of other regular ones that I'd missed for the week. Freaking! I didn't walk out with nearly as much as you did. <laughs> Glad to play Uncle Ed, man. It's been a little bit. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Tom Reynolds got me one of the best Christmas presents I've ever gotten. Um, uh, we've discussed how uh, you, you had the idea to you know display your pops in front of like. You know, if you got a Star Lord pop, you know, display it in front of the, you know, your first copy of First Prince of Star Lord. It's gonna be gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, freaking uh, displaying my last Ronin action figure, which they did not mess up. <laughs> Every that was, it was so accurate, man. Like, it, it's gonna look so great. Once you got a cool glass case and a. I uh, really appreciate that, and uh, freaking, we got a good good lunch, and then we went to Muse next, right? Yeah, we hit up Muse next, freaking, uh, I got a couple of books, I got like, First Nebula. I found, one, I found one I was looking for, I found First Nebula, and I found one current book I was looking for, cause I, I, I think I got like the X-Men Red I was looking for, possibly. Which one? Uh, it was like issue seven, I think, because I'd randomly missed. Because I was in the hospital, I was telling you I need I had I needed that X Men Red with cable on it, and turns out I actually I'd gotten that one eventually, but I missed the issue before that one, so I had to go. I didn't find that till today. Uh, freaking uh, at Ed's, um, my. Uh uh, the the new incantation of Batman. I got the the main poster one, but I found the acetate cover that had that gorgeous like um, you know the the clear cover over it with just the the bat designs forming mm-hmm. a face and uh, got those spawns and then uh, finished off holes in my Batman collection there at Muse and uh, then uh, that little. Crazy store. I wish I remember the name of it, man. Um, yeah, yeah we, it wasn't even like a comic book store, but it was a. It was a basically like an antique store. It was. I, I got the I'm flyer. Like store, maybe. It's called Culture uh, Culture Cave. It's reading the at Culture Cave Seven One Nine uh, Vintage Goods. It's in that dome. That's real close to uh, like not even. Not even 300 yards away from freaking um, 
Mean yeah, it's across the parking lot from Muse. Yeah, and it's in the same parking lot. I wouldn't say junk, but they like it, they definitely had some specialty items. Uh, I popped. Yeah. I popped, and like you walk, I walked in, and they had like uh, vintage T-shirts for ten dollars, and uh, yeah, they had band shirts, they had freaking wrestling shirts, they had a uh, bunch of records, records, which was pretty cool. They did, and, and they didn't have crap. They had great stuff. Uh, I, yeah. I got uh, very well taken care of. Oh yeah, the the, the place uh, reeked of pine salt. No, not pine salt. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that oil? That pine oil. Um, At the one that cleans the wood and whatnot. Yeah, like the yeah. The, 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 the place was ex- exquisitely taken care of. Um, there was a couple of old things I want to go back and get, but I got. Uh, uh, I'd never had Depeche Mode's Violator on CD. I had it on cassette. I had it. I had most of it on recorded off the radio what little bits they did. Um, but I finally got Violator on, um, freaking um, CD. And, um, Evil Ernie, um, one of the Spawn comics from the old Todd Toys. Um, uh, you got some, what else? They had, like, issue, like, what, 12 or 8 of The Peacemaker that was Charleston Comics? Yeah, that's some old school stuff. It was pretty good, uh, I ended up picking that one up. I ended up getting another issue of Iron Man because I'm working on that collection for the next year. But I got uh, two issues of Secret Wars. And I got Captain Carter number one. So that was kind of just kind of a cool little cool little one to add to the collection. No, the, the place is great. Again, it's uh, Culture Cave. It's inf- uh, Their email is info at culture-cave.com. They're at culture, cave, culture underscore cave on Instagram. On Facebook, they're Culture Cave 719. Uh, th- they had old issues of uh, Black Belt. Like, that was gnarly, man. I haven't seen an issue of Black Belt in years, man. That's like finding an old issue of Big Brother or... Uh, like one of the first prints of like uh not first prints but like for like uh issue three or four of freaking Thrasher, like yeah. th- they knew what they were doing, man, and uh, I-, I loved how well kept the place was a lot of a lot of good kitsch, and um I was surprised I, I was honestly going in there to hate on the place because they were so close to Muse and mm-hmm. they had great comics that were appropriately priced. There was a couple little reaching a little bit, but. Other than that, the customer service is great. The gentleman that was running the counter was awesome, and I hope they thrive. Yeah, no, it was a cool little place. I didn't even realize it was a freaking shop until we'd walked in. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I didn't even know they were open or nothing. Mm. But, yeah, no, we hit that place up. That was a good little place. Definitely plan on going back, getting some stuff. And we ended up uh, finishing off the evening with uh, going to good old Kapow Comics. Oh, yeah. What'd you end up grabbing from there? Oh man, that that was a gnarly find. So uh, I remember like a year and a half ago, uh, we were talking about stuff we found on eBay and like about the whole Hellspawn uh, run. Not wrong. Uh, I'd been drinking that night and I bought one through two. <laughs> I bought one through two, and uh, but I got two through uh, thirteen a day out of sixteen. Uh, didn't want to displace in the comics. It's like, like when it comes to comics and like breaking up a set, man, if I got to pay $3 and I'll find the right home for it. We, we found plenty of homes for wayward comics and, um, you know, find the right fight, right owner. But, um, got, uh, 
uh, Hellspawn, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. I was mistaken. Ashley Wood is the one that did most of the art until uh, Bendis got fired, and that's when Temple Smith took over. Just a little bit after oh, okay. that. But their artwork style is very sim, very similar in terms of how ugly pretty it is, or ugly well worked, well well done in terms of like if if you're mm-hmm. not into horror comics or just horror in general, you're gonna look at it and be like, what the heck is this? And absolutely not. Um, Spawn Wildcats one through three, uh, um, one one through four. There's a five. I, I need to find a five. Um, okay. Got uh, Colin. Uh, we'll lead that and what's in the box, but um, uh, a set of Grendel books. Um, yeah, Kapow! Kapow was amazing today. Um, what'd you get? Uh, I've gotten another. I got another regular book. I was looking for either Immortal X Men or. Oh, you, you got butts and seats. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Building that up. Sorry. I was excited for you. Sheesh, calm down. Uh, what else? I got the, uh, I got the, the forgotten history of the Phoenix. Whatever forgotten, whatever the, uh, lost years of the Phoenix, where you get the original ending of the dark Phoenix saga. Or what Claremont wanted it actually to be before too many butts got in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then I ended up getting my uh, transitioning into what's in the box. I ended up getting uh, the trade paperback of uh, Butts and Seats, the Tony Schiavone story. Because Tony Schiavone did his autobiography, but he did it as a comic book. Gnarly. And I've been looking for this for a while, and we finally asked uh, Martin at, up there at Kapow, and freaking turns out he actually had a copy of it. I don't know why I didn't ask him to get two of them. One off the list. Yeah, you're missing out. The art's exquisite. Freaking, uh, see, uh, quite some uh, some interesting faces in here from the days of yore. Yeah, looking forward to sitting around and getting to read this. Let's see if that's on eBay. I'm sure it is, but freaking, I want it. I love Way Shawnee. more expensive on eBay. It is? I don't know. <laughs> I, had it, I had it on my list for a while. Let's see what we come up with here. It might be $20, might be $200. Who knows? Oh, no. Oh, no. Sold out? No, it was a Kickstarter. There are individual issues. You broke the rules. (laughs) Don't care. Let me send this to you real quick. Oh, this is so gnarly. I did not know there was a Kickstarter for this. Uh, you want I didn't it? Either, so. You want me to send it on Facebook or shoot? Yeah, Facebook will work. Cool. Someone was trying to sell it for freaking seventy dollars. Yeah, I got it for substantially cheaper than that. This is gorgeous, dude. I know. 
I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you stupid eBay. Do what it tells you. It comes with a bunch of gimmicks. Well, you should have got in on that. Oh, this is awesome. Should have just hit you. Comes with trading cards. Oh, no. No, it's not individual shoes. It's, uh, he's on his, uh, Magic the Gathering mat. Looks like it comes with a pin. Some stickers. Tony Schiavone autograph certificate of authenticity. And then all the people that he's put over back in the day. That's gnarly. And a t-shirt. Yeah, unless it comes with the Tony Schiavone action figure, I don't care. <laughs> I saw that at that, that place, uh, that little mini Chapel Hills Malls, man. They, he, the dude's trying to sell it for $45. I don't think so, man. I can get it on ringside for 30 And yet you yet and yet you have yet to own a Tony Schiavone AEW figure. He had Jim Ross. It was hurting a little. He had Excalibur too, if I remember correctly. Pretty sure he had all of them. Yeah, he had Excalibur. He's all twenty-four. Thirty. Man, good for you, man. I was. Uh, it, it's always like such a double win, man. Especially like when you know that someone's looking for something, and when you find, when they finally find it, it. It's 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 a double win. Like I was I was so happy for you, man. Like because I know you were like so. That had been bothering you for a while. Yeah, it's been a couple of months. They had it there when it first came out, and I just freaking, for whatever reason, I just didn't think to grab one. Hmm. That happens, man. Uh, uh, Colin is, and Colin is going, um, when you first met Colin uh, over Skype, uh, when mm -hmm. you first came into Minefields, uh, Colin was uh, hurting a little for work because of the movie industry and he'd slow down to a crawl and they weren't doing too many movies there. Uh, but he also was, um, proud to say, uh, he needed some direction. He was kind of floundering yeah, for a little bit and, uh, met the love of his life and freaking they were working on the same movie together and he, he worked on King of Tulsa and August Osage County. I mean, like, He's really doing well, but like, the problem is, is that like his schedule is so bad. I mean, like basically, if the only way that he'd be able to be on minefields is if he uh, wasn't sleeping five hours a night and um, barely able to get to his comic store, which is always like hundreds of miles away from where he's stationed at working on these movies. But he's got a lot of old graphic novels, and he's like, dude, I I, I got a freaking kick on Grendel, and Send a couple things. We're like, yeah, let's do Grendel. We'll, we'll we'll start a little thing like the the phone it in, um, where he's able to read something when he gets a spare chance, and he's been reading a lot of Grendel. And uh, uh, what was the name of the gentleman at Capel? Uh, Martin. Martin. I was like, hey, you wouldn't have to know if you have any Grendel uh, trade paperbacks. I know, I know, I know, I don't. And I uh, found a couple of sets and I uh, found the eight issue one of uh, set. This was ten dollars. Uh, one through eight, Behold the Devil by Matt Wagner. It's just 
it's I'm loving this man. It's gorgeous. And um, so we're gonna start doing some phoning in with Colin. Add it into this pepper, pepper it in nicely. Um, nice, nice. When we get Colin on the line, because he's he doesn't have uh, the shoot jobs we got, and um, we'll get it done. Pretty proud of it, man. Find some Grendel. I've, ne I've actually never owned a Grendel comic book before. Grendel's right up there uh, with um, all those indie comics from back in the day, like that I was in love with, but I never, I never got my hands on a Grendel, like um, Strangers in Paradise or Flaming Carrot Man or The Tick or I'm trying to think of some other ones that like stood out from old uh, Too Much Coffee Man. Uh, so many good things. And I'm pretty proud of this. And then got all those hell spawns, spawn wildcats. Um, honestly, man, I was I was tired. I was so tired when we left Kapow. Like like we we dug through so many boxes, today, man. Yeah, we did. Found some good stuff. Freaking mm -hmm. able to definitely knock a couple things off the list that were uh, that were on there. Right on. Uh, anything else before we get in the meat and potatoes? Oh, no, man. I think we're I think we're good. Uh, did you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. I loved it. Enjoyed it tremendously. The uh, origin of uh, all the, my mom always calls my little action figures or toys. She always calls them monitos. Oh, that's how he got his monitos. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's exactly nice. what happened. Uh, I liked how it was the the two dummies, the the two dummies got uh, a solid you know light shine on them, and they they nailed it. They they nailed Christmas. Uh, I would have preferred uh, the only missed opportunity. I think we talked about last week was uh, freaking uh, the Footloose dance. Yeah, I didn't get that. Kevin Bacon did not. Well, we had he did have it on a. Umbrella Academy season three, so he's got that. Right, but uh, let's get some comics. Let's take a quick break. I need some water, and uh, we'll get back into this. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Brb on AOL. Ah, nice little break. Let's get some good snacks, man. I had a couple of pickles. Fried pickles. Um, man, those fried pickles are good, man. Yeah, today was today was a good victory dance, and uh, just bring it home real quick for a second in the comics, man. Uh, for you minefielders, when you have a business partner, uh, I suggest you follow the minefields' way of operando. You establish unbreakable rules. You have a handshake and eye contact, uh, the way you would make a deal with Jim Lee. And uh, stick by those, because uh, this is the third year we've regrouped. Uh, this wasn't our best year. We've had a lot of challenges. It was a great. It was actually a great year, but we had way more challenges we've had to face, and we reflected on things and uh, freaking know what we got to do for for uh, twenty twenty three. And uh, I hope you guys follow suit because when you got a good buddy and freaking uh, you got a business together, hard conversations need to be had. That's true. That's true. And uh, better to have a hard conversation over a good meal, though. Uh, absolutely, man. 
Let's take hit the spot, man. I'm still full. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. I didn't even eat my entire brisket burger. Yeah, yeah, oh, how, yeah. That brisket burger looked delicious, man. It was good, man. Just freaking build up on appetizers, unfortunately. Ah, those uh, those uh, Southwestern egg rolls, man. Can't go wrong with chilies, man. Uh, this is true. This is true. One day we'll have the money that I can exit 14 beers from Chili's, get bailed out the next day. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> That'd be nice. We're, 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 we're building dreams, man. It's, it's like, uh, I got to say, man, uh, every time like we've ever had to miss an episode, like it is seriously screwed up my like frame of mind and... <laughs> Sensibilities, man. Like uh, we're working for something. Yeah, hmm. cut, yeah. <laughs> cut out those stogies, man. The Arnold's. Earth, Earth shoot. <laughs> I would oh, like I'm not one of the kids that likes to hang out with a vape in his lips. I ain't coming like that. <laughs> I want that regularly. I'm thinking about myself with a vape. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty much a douche motel. It's nice. That's probably where they get them. Let's get them from the douche motel. It's an old, it's an old trailer <laughs> outside of uh, freaking uh, Chapel Hills Mall. Pueblo. No, Citadel Mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, let's go to Pueblo. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're not leaving Pueblo. Packing at the time. Yeah, we're not leaving Pueblo without someone giving us a bootleg second print and getting robbed and a lump in our breast. <laughs> yeah, we at least got to put the good comics at home first. Yeah, take care of the good the good boys today, man. Uh, hit us up, man. Like, uh, give us some positivity, man. Because yeah, there's a lot of weird things happen. Yeah, oh, man, freaking uh. Well, let's start off with Immortal X-Men number nine. Cool. Or as I like to put it, Mr. Sinister kills the Quiet Council. Mr. S- uh, this confused me, man. Did you, did you get a good grasp? Did you, did you find like a, a cornerstone to stand on while reading this? Because uh, I, I, I didn't. Well, I didn't think so. Well, the whole thing comes down to is Mr. Sinister has been cloning uh, Moira McTaggart, who, as we all know, has ten, her mutant ability is that she has 10 lives, and each time she dies, she uh, she restarts the timeline, basically. Right. Now, the thing about it is, is Mr. Sinister found out if, she, he, if he ages her so far, because he can age her up, the more he ages her up, the closer to the timeline she, she will go back, she'll go back a smaller version of the timeline. Okay. So his whole thing is that he wants to go back, he wants to destroy the Quiet Council, but he needs to do it after the judgment from the uh, Celestials because he's basically butthurt that he wasn't judged. And uh, in the uh, the clone exposed. Yeah. <clears throat> so his whole thing is he's got, only got ten lives to use off this one clone or else he's got to go backwards to a different clone which would be before the um, before Judgment Day, so he'd have to relive the entirety of the externals and the Celestials judging them 
which is not anything any of us want. Absolutely not. So his whole thing is he's trying to kill as many of the Quiet Council as he can, but unfortunately he's got Destiny there, and as he walks out, Destiny just looks at everybody, he's like, he's about to kill Hope. <laughs> and before he can even pull the gun out of his hand, out of his waist, his, you know, his pocket, basically, Exodus destroys him. Just blood annihilates him. Getting guts and blood all over everybody. So obviously he sets his computer up to kill the right Moira. That way he comes back before all this happens. And he constantly is trying to kill um, kill everybody, but just cannot do it. You know, he might kill one or two, but then he his head explodes or he gets stabbed in the eyes by freaking uh, diamond-encrusted Emma Frost, or he gets electrocuted by Storm. It is basically an actually funny version of Groundhog's Day. Right. Or he brings out a monster, and the monster ends up killing him. And he's like, "This is," and he's just like, "This is impossible." You know, what do, what do you think, old chum? And all he hears is somebody from the behind him saying, let me out of here and I'll murder you. And we find out that he actually has in his laboratory in a, in a vial still alive, the freaking decapitated head of dark beast. So dark beast is in fact alive on Kokoa, but he is in fact not beast. Oh, this chafed me so bad. (laughs) This is why I told you to read the issue. There's like three other things in this, why you told me to read the issue. Uh, and this was definitely a carte blanche. Why? <laughs> I've been preaching about this since it happened, since we got Krakoa. That, because mm-hmm. uh, the, the way the X-Men storyline ended before we got Krakoa and Arako um, pre-Mars was uh, Dark Beast was pretty much Darth Maul. Like cut off from the the hips down, spider legs, and uh, Wolverine just came back from Death of Wolverine, and uh, mutants were being hunted again, and uh, they were working with Dark Beast, and uh, Wolverine cut his head off. And I thought that was it, and, you know, they, they were trying to... Uh, it wasn't my heart of hearts. It was just like more like my sense of sensibilities of how to write a story and like kill something that wasn't working. Uh, especially how abruptly that storyline ended straight into uh, Krakoa uh, that we, you know, Darth Mauled and then we executed and we've got Dark Beast floating around the Vata for Sinister's uh, pro-life formaldehyde. And I, I didn't realize that that, that they reset when the the my big disconnect with Moira dying was the time reset. Like did they always have to keep going back? Uh, yeah. But it, they're going back to certain places, and it, obviously they were just reminiscing on things that happened when she ended up in one spot, aged X amount of years, and was able to go further. Now that makes sense. Yeah. N- now well, the that best part of the issue is next to the uh, the head of the dark beast. If we look at the uh, the pa- the page next to it, we've got today's murders, and we have the entirety of the Quiet Council, all twelve of them, 
and we have each we're, we're through version nine of Moira. So he's got one shot left, and he is on the bottom here. We have a list of people that died each time. Right, Mr. Sinister has tried to to kill the Quiet Council. But what's going on? And we've got his entire thought process of it is like you know, like with Storm, he's like, I give up, just distract her. I can't kill her. And he's like freaking a mystique. He's got you know, still tempting, just you know, just to annoy freaking destiny. And he's got them listed by who's the, mo- the biggest priority to kill. And it's uh, number one's Hope, number two is Xavier, number three is Emma. Right. And it's like next to Sebastian Shaw. She's he's like leave him. Maybe maybe use him. Boozy man. <laughs> he's daydreaming already. He's drunk through the whole thing. Yeah. And freaking. It's just just seeing the frustration build on Sinister as he is trying to figure out how to murder these 11 people. Because the closest he got, in version 9, he took out five of them uh, before he got taken out himself. And he's just trying to figure out how to get away with this as much as he can. So he goes back to his, his attempt this time. And he ends up giving himself over to the council. That way, they could all, the the psychics could look in his head, and it's Xavier, Exodus, Hope, and Emma. Because Emma uh, Hope's leeching off of Emma's power. But it, when they all look into his head, they discover that he's got a cluster of Xavier brains he's cloned that are basically turned into a big old psychic bomb. And before the psychics could disconnect, they're freaking. They all explode. Annihilated. And not only that, he ends up taking a, uh, he took a bit of Gambit's DNA and a bit of Harry Leland's mass-increasing DNA to blow Exodus's head off. Because <laughs> he's basically invulnerable on the outside. And then he ends up shooting Hope with a, uh, a hollow-point bullet on steroids, as he puts it. Because it's Eunice the Untouchable's genes embedded inside a flesh bullet. So as soon as it contacts, it it expands, making sure that the target's dead. And just like that, he's like he just goes back to being Mister Sinister. He's like, I am Mister Sinister. You know, I'm how how phenomenal he is. And talking about how his supervillain comes out, and they all end, you know, his his colors have been shown under this blood red. And basically, without hope, they can't do any more resurrections because she's one of the five the head of the five pretty much the most important one of all yep she's the conduit like like they're you know they're contingencies but we've got a you know we not we don't know if they're gonna work for sure uh this uh but yeah, they're going to, by the end of the thing, they're, they're going to throw, uh, they're either going to, you know, they're going to kill Sinister or they're going to throw him in the, uh, in the hole, basically. Well, they haven't fully explained why, um, Kitty isn't truly a mutant, but still allowed on Krakoa. Is she not? Yeah, it's one of the things that happened, uh, pre-X of Swords when they, uh, she <coughs> fully got in was that Krakoa wouldn't let her in. She's not a true mutant, but 
I, I wonder if it's one of those Neo things where she has to die before... But she's died before. I mean, like, there's some holes in this, uh, in this storyline here. And as they, you know, Sinister is pretty much prevailed with the ones that he really needs. The all, He eliminated the powerhouses. Uh, yeah. The, the, the gimmick here with uh, Destiny and Mystique. Mm-hmm. He said flat out, she's the one that knows. Yeah. And he had a couple of craps rules and, you know, paid off and took out the heavy hitters on the board, man. Like, uh, couple. Yeah, he took out about half the, uh, half the crew so far. I, I just don't like how political it's gotten. I don't like having to, like, turn the page and I've got to read, like, it's not that I tire of reading, I read books all the time. But, like, in a comic book, the, the uh, exponential exposition that Kieran Gillen goes into here, it's, it's a little uh, tiresome. It, it, like, reading these books are kind of a chore. You really got to pay attention, and they, 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 they give you very little clues of what happened to last issue or last thing that happened. That, like, they expect you to have been reading. Yeah. And I, 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 I could definitely do that. I just don't think that's fair. Like, give us a recap. The inside cover, sh- I, I really think the inside wow. cover should always be a recap. Even on the uh, existential crisis books I read with demons and uh, odd beings like the ice cream man, uh, they'll drop you into the world, but they also won't give you, they'll give you a, a, enough of a lifeline, like without the previously an ice cream man. You, they don't do that. But they give you enough of a recap, and I I don't think the recap here uh, in any way sufficed because there's so much going on. Uh, We've got Abigail Brand uh, up on sword. Uh, We've got uh, Arakau Storm truly becoming a goddess. And we've got within the pages of The the Dark Web um, that Madeline Pryor is working with Ben Riley, And it's all the crossover books are X-Men Spider-Man. Not saying it's bad, I just, I don't think, even for aficionados like us, like, mm-hmm. unless I walk in with a list and, or a screenshot of a list or whatever, um, I'm going to get pretty much all of it, but in these books, I felt like I was dropped into, like, wait a minute, when did that happen? When, I read a couple of the Judgment Day books and, even the uh, finale and freaking that didn't make sense to me. No. Um, did you ever see the um, Breaking Bad follow-up movie El Camino? No. Um, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? I made it about five episodes in, and this was just boring. Um, I, didn't, I didn't care for it. The the ending. Uh, Walt dies, saves Jesse, and the mm-hmm. El Camino movie was Jesse who needs to get the heck out of freaking Albuquerque. and Like everybody else, yes. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, but it was very slow. Yeah. It was really slow. And yeah. if you you hadn't 
watched every episode of Breaking Bad, you didn't get so many of the flashbacks or the connections. Uh, I just didn't think it was fair. I mean, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, I, I think it was fair to everyone that really invested their time and wanted to see what happened to Jesse Pinkman, and it was great. But if you didn't know and dropped in a Better Call Saul episode, you know, season two, episode 16, or watch every single Breaking Bad, there was no exposition, pre-exposition that let us know where we're going. Yeah. And why. And you and I have talked about this all the time. You can't just buy all the number ones. Yeah, no, you definitely can't. It's freaking... You, you can't just buy all the number ones and, and expect to be coddled. And there, there's a challenge to this book. And, uh there's a certain literacy like we talked about earlier uh, if you really in a knockdown drag outs and cameo appearance yeah by all means enjoy every Marvel movie but if you want to enjoy the psychic subterfuge and uh, relationship building then get into DC unfortunately the movies aren't working out we talked about that a minute ago but you get what I'm saying yeah mm. no, I don't know I didn't I like it just because I like the Mr. Sinister I like the portrayal of Mr. Sinister these days and like, it's definitely kind of hit or miss with the X-Books right now because, like, to get the full picture, you need to get everything, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like, a lot of, you know, some of these books are pretty, like, X-Force, I feel, is really pretty well self-contained. Yeah. Every now and again, you'll get something from another book, but it's very, like, you might get some crossover, like, the Wolverine title and whatnot, but nothing too crazy. But, like, yeah, there's definitely some of these X-Books where it's like, oh, you need, you need to get this from this book and this from this book. And, like, that's where it really becomes a lot. But, like, I, I, I enjoy the Immortal X-Men, if nothing else, just because I love this portrayal of Mr. Sinister since they brought him in uh, and the Hellions this way. And I really... He's one of my favorite villains as far as Marvel goes. So, I dig it. Yeah, Sinister, and I, and I completely understand. Um, when I, when I read anything, I, I hear that robotic, like uh, vibrato and vibration on his how he talks. That, yeah. That's how I hear him do it. But they made him like I remember reading this when I was like, why did they make him so prissy? But then when they turned him into a, when I was reminded that he's a mad scientist, like. Mad scientists are hands down one of my favorite genres of all time. Like like the, the, the guy, whether or not he's doing it for the greater good, which always ends up wrong, or the guy that's totally evil just wanting to reanimate dead tissue. Um I dig it. He's a little too prissy for my taste, uh, because I, I wanted him to be more tough. But mm-hmm. uh the meat and potatoes of like how tough he is in is in the uh how many times did he die just going back <laughs> and and going through his archives? Okay, let, let's let's more five, number six, number eleven. Um, uh, the fact that the the pets can talk and they're his little minions that are at work. The fact that he's this is the kicker for me. He simply doesn't give a damn at all. I'll I'll give you that one. He doesn't. Under, <coughs> under nah. no, he just doesn't care. 
But yeah. like, he just wants to keep working on his work, and he's got a time-traveling mutant in his possession, in, like, hyperstasis or whatever you want to call it, in his formaldehyde jars, and was able to... No fear. All right, let, let's try the easy way right off the bat. I'm going to show, hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, oh, he's about to kill uh, uh, Hope. About to kill Hope, man. Boom. Guts everywhere. No hesitation. Okay, so the direct approach didn't work. <laughs> Let's try something different. And this is hypothesis. This is scientific method at its best. <laughs> at its yeah. best. And eventually just succeed. Especially after the fact that we're reading Immortal X-Men and the humans want in. And they're discussing monetary and also... Who actually deserves to get put in the front of the queue? Uh, kid has cancer. Yeah, they'll make more kids. No. Funny. Why kid done personally? <laughs> right. Uh, what else you got from that one, man? That that was a lot. That was that was a really good issue, man. <clears throat> yeah, but it was fun. But yeah, I love the cameo from Dark Beast. <laughs> Uh, right, we got Batman Incorporated number three next. Oh man! The uh, whole thing on this—they're still try—they're trying to. Uh, the bad guy is trying to kill off all of the people that made Ghostmaker into Ghostmaker, and basically Batman Incorporated is trying to save them all. And but we learn a lot of uh, a lot of backstory as far as the the bad guy goes. We find out that he was actually the first sidekick Ghostmaker. And uh, the whole reason Ghostmaker found him was because his parents were criminals, Mr. and Mrs. Menace. And Ghostmaker had killed them and basically left this, this rich kid an orphan. But the fun part is we find out that the uh, reason they, they just were criminals for fun. They were very wealthy. They were socialites. They just were bored, so they decided to their friends for fun, basically. Got to do something. Yeah. Um, and he's telling Ghostmaker, and he's telling Clown Hunter this. That way, Clown Hunter can uh, basically make up his own mind whether he thinks Ghostmaker's actually out for his best interest, or is just going to screw him over at the first opportunity. One of the things that stuck out to me that is really messing with me, like really messing with me, is okay. that Ghostmaker opens up a refrigerator and starts drinking aloe straight from the bottle. Yeah. I looked it up. Uh, yeah, we all know aloe has, uh, um, you know, skin inflammation um, relief just from just in general. But he's mm -hmm. chugging it enough that he took his mask half off. And the aloe is also something that uh, helps relieve in symptoms of cancer. Hmm. And the, the uh, it's very apparent. Like, like it's one, it's, it's one of those things like, um, like when you're watching, I mentioned before, like if you're watching uh, law and order, 
SVU and guest starring, um, I don't know, name your favorite Hollywood star. Ray Cruz. He did it. <laughs> he did it, or the wife did it, and he, was, he confessed to it trying to help out the wife. Uh, mm-hmm. The... This isn't a wasted panel. This isn't something like where they're like, well, what we have Ghostmaker doing this scene? Well, let's have him chug a beer. Because uh, he just needs a little stress relief. And he's chugging a bottle of aloe. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get too far, this uh, what I wanted to interject before uh, you bring us home on this is that, again, no wasted panels, no wasted dialogue, uh, extreme foreshadowing. Uh, the fact that he has wanted nothing more than besting Bruce Wayne, and he didn't even get close to it uh, during uh, Fear State, and without yeah. question, he started helping. That's one thing that's really been bothering me at Ghostmaker, is that without question, he started helping. Enough so that he gained whatever trust you want to say that Bruce Wayne would ever trust anyone to run Batman Incorporated or even be responsible for saving the children or even Damien. And what had, what was the sudden change of heart of showing up to Gotham, trying to kill him, including a uh, clown killer or uh, clown hunter, clown hunter. And all of a sudden the guy he's trying to kill is now his ward. With no explanation. Yeah, Batman. I mean, Batman said so. So, right, and that, that's that, that's Batman. Batman can travel from the moon to Earth in twelve hours, apparently. That's the red herring. Oh, that's the red herring. Like, what are we? Or, or the uh, sleight of hand? Uh, mm-hmm. I know we just said this, but we'd rather you page into this for a while. And this over here, the side, is so intense. You forgot some glaring omissions over here. Yeah. That's a, that's a good fact, though. I mean, the whole... It would be interesting to see if that's actually why he came back to Gotham was to, like, we find out he's got cancer and he's trying to maybe make amends or maybe prove once for all that he's better than better than Batman. That uh, aloe he's chugging doesn't say aloe energy drink. It just says aloe. Yeah. And the plant on it is actually a depiction of an aloe plant. I know the difference. It's not pot. Yeah. And the, he knew this guy would have something that would, some tasty refreshments for him to just, you know, go at it. Um, how did you feel about this backstory? Yeah, <coughs> I thought it was fun. It was interesting. Freaking, it's, it's basically like a worse version of Batman. Like he, you know, Freaking, he comes in here, he murders this kid's parents. And then freaking, he basically, he turns around and he adopts this guy for this kid for some reason. We just got that with Heartless. Yeah, but we got, uh, you know, this isn't something like, this isn't, I mean, Bruce Wayne didn't kill Heartless's parents, but. Right. I mean, he did, you know, Heartless did that himself. But, you know, even, you know, when he adopts this kid. He freaking's got a he's got a fake freaking he's got fake mask on. He never he never sees his face. And they spend the next two years just training him in house to be you know, Ghostmaker's Robin, basically. Right. Phantom One. And like it's you know, the only time that he's allowed 
outside of the house, outside of the grounds, is when he's they're on a mission together. And freaking eventually he ends up meeting somebody that ends up dropping him, you know, blowing up a building and it falls on him and Ghostmaker just leaves him there to die. No questions yeah. asked. Yeah. If we were just acknowledging this as a failure and freaking he has to he has to save himself because Ghostmaker thinks he's dead. And he, you know, for whatever his reasons, either whether he's he's got altruistic reasons or he just wants to, you know, take Clown Hunter away from Ghostmaker. You know, he tells him this tale, and then he goes off about all the uh, all the people that Ghostmaker's teachers that they murdered, and he's like, "How is it okay to murder everybody else, but he doesn't murder these guys?" When they've got like fifteen thousand deaths between them, and he's like, "That's where that's as bad as, if not worse, than the Joker." <laughs> You're not you know, wrong. They up, yeah, and then the end of the day, they end up dropping him off at uh, right where they uh, where their their plane is, and he's like, "You know, you can either come with me, or you can call Ghostmaker to come pick you up." You know, so if you want to do that, you can. Or if you want to come with me, we'll take down Ghostmaker together. And he holds out his hand to Clown Hunter, and we don't see what Clown Hunter decides to do. Motive operandi here is escaping me. Why? Oh, revenge. Either revenge or he's actually wanting to help Clown Hunter. The way he, he did that quick switch... And the switch was saving... Like, he was going to kill Clown Hunter, remember? <laughs> Ended up saving him and then taking him under his wing. I mean, like, we had a lot more things going on during Fear State that were much more important, but... Uh, like, seeing the, the members of uh, freaking um, uh, Batman Incorporated being all like, why don't we call Bruce? Uh he put Clown, uh, Ghostmaker in charge for a reason. Like, we can't just be calling him every time we have a problem. This needs to be unified. Um, there's going to be some discussions to be had, but I don't imagine Ghostmaker would be privy to being in the room at any of those times because he's not going to care. The way that Black Adam yeah. doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But the this, this scene, this flashback scenes that are so close in reverse to what actually happened to Bruce and then so close to what happened in um, um, <coughs> in uh, the pages of uh, Batman lately mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing which yeah, I, mean, it's, I, think, I think it's intended to be the reverse of Batman and the Robins I mean, at the end of the day, freaking, it's already been well stated that Ghostmaker is sociopathic and he doesn't, he doesn't care about emotions. What's like, where Bruce freaking decides he doesn't, he just doesn't, you know, deal with emotions. Freaking Ghostmaker doesn't have them to deal with. Nope. And that's kind of where he's at. You know, hey, you failed. Sorry. Just jealousy and greed. Even there, he's. He was a weapon that freaking broke. So he didn't need the weapon anymore. You know, nothing, nothing personal. He just doesn't care about you at all. 
I would book this as him um, just saying, Dad, raise me tough, but I'm tough now. Um, whether you're Jonathan or anyone else in this book that's intervening, um, we got Damien, we got a lot of people here. Is that Damien mm-hmm. on the last page? At the no, airport? That's, that's uh, our, our narrator. That's Clown Hunter and Phantom One. I don't remember. They changed Clown Hunter's gear. Yeah, but they also changed his face. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He in no way looks Asian. Uh, not that he has to be Asian. That's what I'm saying. I just um, his name is Bao. He is Asian. Liberties were taken. This was yeah. a fun. This a fun issue, man. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It raises some questions. Because that's the, that's the thing about it too. Is it's not like they've been. They haven't. Like it's not like where you know if they'd have done this with Dick Grayson, of course he was gonna stick with Bat- with Batman, but like freaking Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter haven't had that time or that freaking experience to bond like that. You know this isn't this isn't taking place years later down the road. This is maybe a couple of months. Right, but so like it does does Clown Hunter legitimately trust Ghostmaker? And it's not like he's even got that kind of relationship with Batman. Right. Like the rest of Batman Inc. have where they inher- they inherently trust Batman's opinions. You know, Clown Hunter's a kid. He's going to make his own choices. You know, he, so he very well could go with Phantom 1 and be like, screw this guy. He's a hot greenie. Yeah. Already, already senses that freaking rocketeer pack on their back mm-hmm. he's gonna make mistakes he's gonna get sloppy which we've only seen well, I want to see twice yeah and with Ghostmaker man like this is a really rather crass or crude analogy but I remember there's been a few times where um, I've had a girlfriend cheat on me and then I hooked up with the guy that she cheated with's new girlfriend. Did okay. I do it because I really liked the girl? No. But it certainly felt good to wrong someone that had wronged me myself. Yeah. But there was no solace in that. So I hooked up with a chick that was uh, dating the guy that my ex-girlfriend cheated on me with. Sounded like a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And I, like, is Ghostmaker trying to reciprocate things to make him feel better about who he is? Because he certainly has a severe infer- inferiority complex when it comes to Batman. Oh, yeah. No, he wants to definitely, he wants to do things better and more efficient than Batman, for sure. And it hasn't worked out. So much so that the the building collapsed on our Ghostmaker's last quote-unquote Robin. Was it the fifth one? Or the third? Uh, this, one, this one's the first one as far as... Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's recounting... Yeah, like, and... You know, he lets uh, Clown Hunter go, and then they bring in the heavy hitters, and and then they gotta get Chafee in. Like, this is a Batman book. Don't bring any of these big heavy hitters in. Bring in some new yeah. ones. Uh, they they did sprinkle some newer ones that were UK, 
but under no circumstances in Spawn or would I know about being a scholar of Spawn, would he ever accept that? Yeah. No. Great book, though. Gorgeous art. I just hope that they... Uh, I hope... <laughs> uh, wow. Ghostmaker isn't... You know, dying of cancer is got like three months left, hasn't told anybody, but you're not accidentally just drinking uh, electrolytes like he's doing. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting thought process. I didn't I didn't think anything of it, so I didn't look anything up. So it's definitely uh if it adds extra layers to it if we find out that he's dying of cancer and that's why he showed up back to back in Gotham in the first place. He only fought Batman for like like fought Batman for like three issues, if that. Uh mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's part of the team. Yeah. I did it answers some questions though it's kind of like maybe that was the point maybe he wanted to gain Batman's trust that way he could prove that he's superior to Batman but he it's been almost I want to say almost a year and a half since he's ever exercised any control or tried to uh, in any way uh, speak over Bruce at team meetings he's yeah, been a minute. force So it's definitely, it'll be interesting to see what they play with it with. I'm that, really, like I said, that adds a whole new, whole new layer to Ghostmaker as a character, which is something we've really been lacking since the uh, since the end of the night. Man, I, I'm I'm gonna freaking be so mad in like five years, and Tinian's getting interviewed. Like, well, what I was gonna do. Blink, 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 but all his blinks is like way better than what we just got. We still have a tinning residue uh, withdrawal, at least I do. And you got a crush, it's okay. I'm a type. You got, you got a writer crush. Oh, I got a. I don't have a writer crush. I've got a writer obsession when it comes to tinning. The last time I've ever poured over a writer like this was Chuck Palahniuk, uh, and read over all his books just enjoying the transgressive uh, quality of that sort of thing when they uh, present a not necessarily dystopian environment but things can be better and we all know they can be better we're not doing nothing about it and Gotham I'm not saying hands across America here but if Gotham citizens did something rallied uh, mm-hmm. actually try to change things in their city uh, inspired by the bat, which was the whole point, if I'm not mistaken, to do well, <laughs> make the place yep. better. And they're, they're I, I don't blame them. What are you going to do? Uh, Robert comes in, you stop him, Batman breaks his neck or sends him to the hospital, but all the collateral damage is on you because you should have just given this guy this money. Yeah. And... It could have happened out in the street. Uh, there's, there's a lot, it, but, but you know what I'm saying. Freaking Gotham has a responsibility to itself. Yeah. Bloodhaven, uh, that we see in the pages of uh, Nightwing, understood that responsibility itself and has flourished. Indeed. Um, that's what I got for that one, man. Sweet. Did um, you say you had one you wanted to look over? Thanos. 
Okay. I'm pulling this up real quick. So, uh, minefielders, if there's ever an issue of Thanos, that's a. They always do it in bursts. Last time they did a. To my recollection, they did a, a Thanos short, you know, six or eight issues, was when they introduced Cosmic Ghost Rider, aka resurrected Frank Castle, in the at the end times of all times where Thanos wins and the only person that is available to in any way challenge him is to a lesser extent like he's turned the Hulk into a dog and death has not come to him in years if not millennia and the only one that can possibly try to stop him is Silver Surfer Black wielding Mjolnir and that didn't work out for him at all like the whole point of it was like Thanos wins. And within these pages, it was an interesting uh, little book here because it's a small little anthology of three stories. Hold on, this thing's taking a minute to pull up. Come on, you freaking thing. Well, I think they just died. I mean, you find the actual issue. Give me one second. Yep. All right, I got it. Now, the gimmick here is that they're introducing a whole new aspect, temporal aspect of Thanos. So we know that if you're dealing with King, what are you dealing with? Time. And King Thor visits Titan, which is a ghost town, and finds the laboratory of Thanos' father, who had done everything he could uh, within reason to figure out why Thanos was so evil and dedicated to in some way destroying half of life at all. Now, I've read a lot of Marvel comic books. I've never read any book that introduced the idea of why Thanos thinks that he needs to balance the scales. He's not necessarily wrong in his logic, but we get all the the files on, on Thanos that his father had compiled even an early iteration of the gauntlet. And he's with, he's there with Hugin and Mugen and uh, freaking he finds an older file of a secret that Tony Stark had never told anyone. Battling Thanos and trying to destroy him and it's actually an android. Half the android's head is just, well, I don't want to say more like a quarter from like cranial severe brain damage or a quarter of the brain gone and he's trying to figure out a way to reverse engineer if not figure out how to get this thing to work and it's been years it's hiding in in, in Tony Stark's secret galleria of projects I probably should warn everyone out but I'm not because that's one of his calling cards and uh, he, he simply can't get this 
Thanos android to work. And then, so much so, he's scared of it that when he's working on it, he's wearing his Iron Man suit. Can we officially call it a Thandroid? A Thandroid. I agree. Thandroid. Thandroid it is. Can't get it to can't get it to turn back on. That's what he's trying to do. And the way it turns back on, he's like, screw it, I'm just gonna destroy you and melt you down. And the android the Thandroid immediately turns on. Uh, it'd be a pity to annihilate such a work of art. The Thandroid knows it is incapacitated to a certain degree. And What's the word? Extrapolates how the world you are in right now. Yes, you, Tony Stark. Yes, you. Yes, you, reader. What you've been reading from everything, from the beginning of Marvel, is actually uh, a simulation. Really? You are within a simulation that has already happened. You are within a simulation that is easing you gracefully into the fact that Thanos wins and that he will be your god. Well, Tony's not having it, obviously. And you're telling me that you're from the future and I am in a simulation of something that's already happened Am I a, a resurrected being or he hints that he's basically a whisper. He, he's basically a, a re-recording or, or a, a playback of a re-recording. Thanos has already won. You just don't know it. And we're easing you into it. And if you in any way destroy me, such a magnificent piece of androtic, uh, thandrotic, uh, creation here is what the future is and shows it to him if you if you are a dissenter you're annihilated if you destroy me in the future you are literally telling the future which has already happened that we are reliving which he's basically trying to test out who is truly faithful to thanos uh, you were already telling us you were a dissenter. Uh, the Thanos wins storyline, like I said, it, it, it ends with him winning. Uh, this is a three-part story. Actually, is it, I think it's four. Through this. Kind of sounds a little bit like The Matrix. Very similar to The Matrix. I just didn't want to say it. Uh, we get a... Um, Years in the future, where we see Death in her actual, the Tower of Death, name of planet unknown. And she pulls Thanos out of continuity. And okay. This is when he, this is post-Infinity Gauntlet, but getting back to why he decides that we need to balance the scales. He's on planet x like you said unknown and uh hey lover i love you you know it's been a while and uh he says why did you bring me here 
to speak of you, of love. I only love you today. But today has not always been today. Back to the this is a key this is a key book. This is okay. this is building up something big. Um I only speak of you. And she's like, that's like who who's this girl? And brings a a lovely woman out of like the the Eskema. And she's she's a wispy waif. And she's like Thanos, and he says, Corella, why did you bring her here? Uh, this is not truly her. And she's a gore she's a gorgeous, like pretty much the opposite of death. Her spirit has moved on to other realms. This is merely an echo. Again, why? And she's like, I know why. I simply want to hear it from you. And he recalls his early days on Titan, where uh, if you ever saw any of the old books, like, he, he was an abomination. Like, they all look humanoid. Yeah. But they don't, they're not purple. And they don't have that weird chin. And he's basically the Grinch. That's terrible. It's Christmas, why not? Yeah, I think it works. And, um... He's doing everything he can to figure out because Titan has basically is over mass populated. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out a way to make it better and find a new place for us to live. But he also has fallen in love with a woman that he's not supposed to fall in love with. We're not talking stepsister stuff. That we're talking like Catholic Jewish stuff. You're a Jewish woman that fell in love with a Catholic, and you're telling everyone how much you know he means to you. And how great he treats you. And they're like, great, is he Jewish? Oh, but like, yeah. oh, he, he treats me so well. Oh, we're so happy, sunshine or buttercup, whatever you call it. Um, is he Jewish? Well, the thing is, though, is that he's really smart and he's looking to save our species and find another place. Oh, that's so awesome. Is he Jewish? Um. Like I said, not saying he's a Jew on freaking uh, Titan. I'm saying that, like, his appearance alone has made him a monstrosity. And the fact that yeah. the her religion absolutely is not going to in any way allow her to... Like, they even show the intervention. They find out that they're dating. Intervention. You shouldn't be dating this guy. And she's like, I don't care. I love him. He's made a ship. He's about to go on an exploratory mission to find another planet that is inhabitable for the Celestials. Uh, the, no, not Celestials, the Eternals. And, um... She gets on the ship. They show Thanos in utter happiness with him, with her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, like, she's his everything. And she wants to get on the ship. You're stupid if you thought I wasn't coming. And he's like, well, uh, she said, I was, he said, I was to go alone. So they acted in terms of showing them booby trapping, uh, the ship. Then Corella arrived, determined to accompany me. I w I tried to argue, but I could never win. Not with Corella. As I said, she's, she gentled me, which I've never really seen a word be used like that. As she gentled me. Out of Thanos to death. Yeah. 
And then just as we were beyond the last of the great cities, out of range of quick help, their actions bore fruit and the huge explosion. Life support systems at a nil. He is nerve nerve damage. He can't move. Corella oh, wow. says she's they've got masks on, like, you know, from whatever poisonous noxious gas, and she tells him tells him that I love that you want to make our our people flourish. I'm sorry you can't move right now, but this ship only has two cycles worth of life support. One cycle for each of us. Two cycles for them to get to us and rescue us. He's incapacitated. He has no choice in this. He can't move. Yeah. And she tells him, it's more important for you to live. I know that if you could move, you would do everything you could to convince me otherwise and save me. But what you have to do is to save our people. And she politely kisses him on the forehead and then disables her life support system and engages autopilot just enough time for them to come find him. But she dies. And we get an experience of Thanos actually in true love, not obsessive love like he is with with Death. With Lady Death. Yeah. And um, then we get back to the undisclosed planet where Death is like, so, what did you learn? And he's... She did everything we could to save me. She loved me. But I only love you. But she was right. There has to be a balance. And uh, she basically just kisses him on the lips and says, make me proud. And this yeah, is... The, the point of this entire story here is he, he bows her. I live only to do the, the Black Queen's bidding. And as he comes to the conclusion that he has to balance the scales in life throughout the galaxy, throughout the universe... Uh, mm -hmm. His wispy waif is wandering still on this planet. He didn't realize she's still trapped there, uh, her idea. Uh, my love. No. As he takes off, she says no. She sees him taking off. No, my love. You learned the wrong lesson. Oh. You learn the wrong lesson. No, where are you, my dear heart? Please, where are you, my love, my love? No, you learned the wrong lesson. And then we get to a scene where Thanos is at a bar wondering where Nebula is because she was here getting loaded. And these older uh, entities that remember when there was death, original death, are resurrected simply for his res his existence try to kill him and he annihilates them and then it ends with uh, back on Thor on Titan going through his dad's files the end all from this is that Thanos has already won he always does I told you man these he is inedible 
These are juicy. They're always juicy. Nice, nice. Yeah, they're always juicy, but like the I never, uh, I've I've thought about it a couple of times. Where did he come to the conclusion that you know we got a balanced life? What does he care? He's not on these planets. He's cruising around, killing things. Yeah. Looting and pillaging. What does he care? How did he land on? There needs to be a balance. There needs to be a snap. Uh, some sort of. Uh, metaphysical balancing of the scales. What do people 8,000 billion whatever light years now that, you know, what Thor and uh, after the last uh, thing with the Fantastic Four that stretched the the limits of uh, existence. What does it matter if these people live and these people die or they're happy or sad? Yeah. And the fact I've never heard of him actually being in love. I've read a lot of the Thanos. I've read all the Thanos books since uh, probably two thousand seven. Never have I heard a whisper of him actually being in like true blue love, other than obsessive love. Yeah, like, trying to please his master. He had something good, and he learned the is- wrong lesson. No, it's interesting, man. Freaking it's, you know, everyone's got the reasons for doing what they do, but freaking, it's kind of interesting how freaking so much of Thanos is based on love for somebody. Right. Right. Whether love for the wrong woman or love for the right woman that we just now discovered. Yeah. And like, it, it like, man, that's been hounding me, man, since this book came out, like, you learn the wrong lesson. Yeah. Death at the end, uh, when Thanos wins uh, from a couple years ago, hasn't been talking to him. He had failed. Well, Played the wrong game with the wrong woman. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Playing them blanket games. Uh, I'm just gonna give a woman a blanket back and walk away. Metaphorically, a, of course. Such a soft blanket. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, of course. That's what I got this week, man. Nice, nice. We got uh, some Grendel episodes. Um, huge rehaul coming up. As of the first of the new year, uh, pretty, we're, we're going to find our new home for New Era. Mm. We've got other projects we can't t- possibly tell you about. Yeah, well, once it's available, we'll let you know. <laughs> such, such is the life of walking through minefields, man. Like, like we had like 30 existential crisis conversations throughout the day. And I was like, yeah, it's just business for par, right? Pretty much, man. Freaking just kind of how the game is played. I'm glad we didn't find that out back, man. <laughs> nah, man. Freaking, uh, this was good. Ah, it's just not so good, st- sadly. <laughs> it's just not our style, you know? Oh. Freaking, uh, I, I, walk, I walk back in to get my, uh, um, my vape. I left it in, uh, at the Chili's, 
And I bumped into our waitress, and I was like, hey, thank you so much for great service. And she's like, no, thank you. I think they get notifications on the uh, good surveys, and I guess you saw our tip. Yeah. But <coughs> she made my day. Out of work. Make sure it's your turn. Alrighty, this is my field. This is dangerous. Transmission is over. Buy the shirts. Tip your waitress. Tip your waitress. <laughs>